number 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 23. Again, we welcome you to Christ-centered church. Amen. We're looking to the Lord to do some great things. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 23. The word of the Lord says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Father, in the name of Jesus, your presence is already here. Your word is already settled. Now, God, we open our heart to you. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that the Spirit of the Lord will demonstrate and do great things, mighty things, miraculous things. You know our need, Lord God, and we don't pretend to know that we know the need. And so, Lord God, we just open our heart to you this morning and say, Jesus, will you do what is necessary, what is needful in my life? I yield myself to you, and I ask, Almighty God, that you, by your Spirit, by your power, by your Word, Lord God, will demonstrate the miraculous, will move me from where I am into where you want me to be. Lord Jesus, I pray that every heart and every mind, oh God, will be inspired, will be influenced, by the power of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. Today, Lord Jesus, I pray somebody will make a commitment, Lord, uh, to seek you. Make a commitment, Lord, uh, to abide in the Word of God. Make a commitment, Lord, uh, to obey uh, and respond uh, to the Word of God, to the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Lord Jesus, I pray today uh, that you will break the invisible chain that have us bound uh, and set us free, Lord God. Uh, I pray for liberty in the Spirit of God. Uh, I pray, Lord God, that new commitments and new desires, oh God, will take a grip, will take a hold of us, and that we will never be the same again. God, we don't want to walk out of this place like it's just another Sunday, but will you stir, will you shake, will you move, will you demonstrate, and give us our own personal miracle, our own personal encounter with you, that Lord God, we will know for ourselves who you are and what you've chosen us to do. We give you praise, glory, and honor for you alone are God. Besides you, there is no Savior. Besides you, all of the gods are idols. And we're grateful that we know who you are. And we know the name and the identity of our God. His name is Jesus. Will somebody clap their hands and lift their voice and give God a shout of praise in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The most secured place in the world is said to be Fort Knox. Fort Knox is located close to Louisville, Kentucky, and is home to much of the nation's gold reserve. 
Let me share with you how this reserve is protected. Our nation's gold reserve is housed in a two-story building constructed of granite, steel, and concrete. It is 105 feet by 121 feet and is 42 feet above ground level. Within this building is a two-level steel and concrete vault that is divided into compartments. The vault door weighs more than 20 tons. No one man is entrusted with the combination. Various members of the staff must dial separate combinations known only to them. The vault casing is constructed of steel plates, steel I-beams, and steel cylinders laced with hoop bands and encased in concrete. The outer wall of the depository is constructed of granite lined with concrete. Construction materials used on the building includes 16,500 cubic feet of granite, 4,200 cubic yards of concrete, 750 tons of reinforcing steel, and 670 tons of structural steel. At each corner of the structure of the outside, but connected with the building, are four guard boxes. Sentry boxes, similar to the guard boxes at the corner of the depository, are located at the entrance gate. A driveway encircles the building and a steel fence mark the boundaries of the site. The building is equipped with the latest and most modern protect- protective device. The nearby army posts provides additional protection. The depository is equipped with its own emergency power plant, water system, and other uh, facilities. In the basement of this structure is a pistol range for the use by the guards. Indeed, it is one of the most secured, protected places on planet Earth. Another place or places that was guarded carefully in ancient Bible times, were wells and fountains. The wells and the fountains in the Middle East were the most important resources of any community because water is the source of life. Cattle, agriculture produce, were the main source of wealth back in those days, as one would imagine. Without water, cattles, vegetation, and the people would die, therefore, would die. Therefore, wells and fountains were carefully protected. There is another place above Fort Knox, above the wells and fountains in the Middle East and ancient Bible times, that needs protection, that need to be guarded. You must make certain of its security because it is the most important place In this entire world. It's more important than Fort Knox. It's more important than the wells and the fountains. It's more important than the gold reserves and the banks. It's more important than anything you can think of. The most important place on planet earth that must be guarded and must be protected more than anything else is your heart. We've entitled this message today, Above All Else, 
Guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Our heart needs to be pure, clean, and uncontaminated. Mm -hmm. In Psalms 51, verse 10, specifically, the Bible says, the king, David, says, Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. It must be something why we need to have a clean heart, a pure heart. King David, a man after God's own heart, he told God, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. By asking God to create him a clean heart, it meant David realized his heart is contaminated. His heart was and pure. We need to ask ourselves this morning, uh, is my heart pure? Is my heart contaminated? We don't have to feel bad if it's contaminated. We don't have to feel bad if it's not pure. But we can get it pure. We can un contaminate our heart if we will trust the Lord, if we will be as David and take it before God. God wants us to have a clean heart, a pure heart, because that's the will of God for your life. Somebody say amen. When David said, create me a clean heart, the, the idea of him having a clean heart didn't mean he needed God to put a new heart, a new substance within him that, that will be clean. What he's saying is, uh, God, I want to have a right heart. I want to have a pure heart. I want to have a clean heart. That is a heart that is made pure. A heart that have good affections and good feelings. A heart that is right before God, not you. That his heart will be kept. Listen to this. David was praying, God, I want a clean heart, a pure heart, that my heart will be kept from hurting people and being hurt. Hmm. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll get to where we need to get to in a minute. In Matthew 23, verse 25, the word of the Lord says, Woe unto you, scribes. And Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and the platter and, and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Hmm. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto White sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. We got to go before the Lord and say, God, I, I see the example in your word. And if I'm, if I'm, if I'm having these, these defiled thoughts and, 
my heart is contaminated. My heart is defiled. I don't want to be that way, Lord. I don't want to live that way, Lord. I need you to create me a clean heart. I need for you to give me a right spirit. I need for you to work your work in me that my heart can be pleasing in your sight. We don't have to be ashamed that our heart is contaminated. We don't have to be ashamed that our heart become defiled because even the great King David, his heart became defiled. His heart became contaminated. But I know that we serve a God that if we will be honest with him, if we will stand before that great God that we serve and say, God, my heart is contaminated. My heart is defiled. My heart is not clean. But I come before you in all honesty and I open myself and I say, create me a clean heart. God, I don't need an artificial heart. I want to be cleansed. I want to be purged. I want to be pure because I want to please you, oh God. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. It's all right. I'm here today to preach to you so you will get saved or preach to you so you will stay saved. Everybody that start out this race, uh, don't continue and finish it. Uh, and some people never get started. Uh, and so I'm here today to tell you, get in the race. Uh, get started. Uh, get involved. Say, God, uh, I don't want to pretend I'm saved. I want to know I'm saved. The Bible says I must be born again of the Lord and of the Spirit. And if I'm not, I'm not going to make any excuses. If I'm not born again, I'm just not born again. But God, I want to be saved. And God wants you to be saved. God wants to deliver you. God wants to save you. You just got to be honest with him. What we say, you can't get over addiction if you don't admit that you are addicted. An alcoholic cannot be treated until he or she says, I'm an alcoholic. One that's stuck in a bad situation because they're addicted can't get free from it until they say, this is my problem. And so for all of us that want to please God, but we just seem to just can't get it right. Every time we try, it just seems we can't get over the hump. We take two steps forward and three steps backwards. And we're wondering why can't I just go forward and keep moving forward. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, the Bible wants us to know we need a clean heart. We need a pure heart. We need the uncontaminated contaminated heart to be Cleanse. Oh, help me, Jesus. The Lord is calling us to have a clean heart. Not according to what you understand. Not according to what you think. But he's calling you to have a clean heart according to his standards. What is the heart? We read the scriptures all the time and it points out the heart and sometimes we're not even sure what the word of God is talking about when it says the heart. Let me tell you about the heart according to the Bible. The heart is the inner self that thinks, feels, and decides. In the Bible, the word heart has much has a much broader meaning than it does uh, to the modern mind. The heart is that which is central to man. Nearly all the references uh, to the heart in the Bible refers to some aspect of your human personality. In the Bible, all emotions are experienced by the heart. Love, 
hate. They're experienced by the heart. Joy and sorrow experienced by the heart. Peace and bitterness experienced by the heart. Courage and fear experienced by the heart. The thinking process of man, human, are said to be carried out by the heart. This intellectual activity corresponds to what would be called the mind in English. Thus the heart may think, understand, imagine, remember, be wise, and speak to itself. Decision making is also carried out by the heart. Purpose, intention, and will are all activities of the heart. Finally, the heart often means someone's true character or personality, purity or evil. Sincerity or hardness and maturity or rebelliousness. All these describe the heart or true character of individuals. God knows the heart of each person. Since a person speaks and acts from his heart, he has to guard his heart better than Fort Knox is being guarded. Your heart is who you are. Let me tell you, the, all the gold in Fort Knox is not more valuable than one soul to God. They're guarding this Fort Knox because that's where most of our goal is. And God says uh, that there's not one individual in this world that all the gold and all the riches of this world is more valuable than. When are we going to understand and, and see how God thinks and how God sees things that all we're striving to obtain, all that we're striving to, to, to seek to do, God says none of it is important. The most important thing is a human being. The most important thing is a soul. And God says that's what needs to be guarded more than anything else, the heart, the central part of the human being, not Fort Knox, not Wells, not money, but the heart is where the guard is supposed to stand and protect more than anything else. Somebody clap your hand unto the Lord. We got to guard our heart. Tell your neighbor, you got to guard your heart. Why should we guard our heart? The Bible says, for out of it are the issues of life. We don't always interpret that right, but it just means your heart will act out what you're living. Your heart will act out what you're experiencing. Your heart will begin to show who you are. And that's why I read the Bible says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Because if you just be quick to respond, you're going to show who you are. And maybe God hadn't cleaned that heart up yet. Maybe God hadn't purified that heart yet. Maybe God hadn't made that heart clean yet. So what you want to do is stay quiet and just call on Jesus. Jesus and say, Lord, will you create me a clean heart? Lord, will you renew within me a right spirit? I want to have a right heart. I want to have a clean heart. I want to have a pure heart. We need a pure heart. God wants us to have a clean heart. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Help us today, Jesus. The issues of life, it don't mean, uh, because issues could be good. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. If we're good people, 
And the only way we can be good is by obeying God. Did you know the Bible says when the rich man uh, approached Jesus, he said, oh, Lord, something, something. And, and he says, you know, I know you're good. And Jesus says, there's only one good. Only God is good. So the only way you can be good is by doing godliness. Don't even try to act like you're good. Don't even think you can pass off goodness. Any goodness you pass off don't belong to you. Any goodness we pass off to say I'm good, anytime I try to say I'm good, only way I can say I'm good and it's true is if I've carried out the word of God. If I'm not acting out the word of God, I don't care how good it looked to you, I'm not good. You ain't good either. The issues of life. So if the issues of life that we're experiencing is good stuff, then guess what? Good stuff flow from us. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But, but if the things that we're doing are not good, then contaminated stuff flow from us. Sometimes we don't even realize. Uh, uh. Sometimes you got to take inventory of yourself sometimes. You gotta really be honest with yourself. I think sometimes we, we don't do such a good job being honest with ourselves. And hear this. It is, it is very, it's, it's very important that we're honest with ourselves because again, what's the most important thing in this world? A human being. And so we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to take inventory of ourselves. And listen, you can lie about a lot of things. And it probably won't mean a whole lot. But you can't lie about who you are. You, you gotta, you gotta make sure that one is true. You gotta make sure that one is right. You gotta make sure you get that one right. Who you are, you need to say really who it is. The good news, church, is if you come to the place to say, mm, I don't like who I am, it's okay. Now, if you didn't have hope, that would be a whole different ballgame. But Bob, we told you about the dreadlocks man back there. You know, he was doing his thing. I mean, he was deep in it. Uh-huh. My Lord. I mean, he looked like the dread. He showed me the picture. He was on a bike like the dread. Not a bike, a bicycle like the dread. You know, got his tum on. You know, little dread coming out the side. Uh, and God says, I don't like that. Uh-huh. And finally, he, he got the message from the Lord that the Lord didn't like that. Those of you that are parents, you ever seen your kids do some things and you say, oh, I don't like that. Come here. Come on, let's talk. Your kids do something, you got to call them over. Come here. I don't like that, what you just did. It's not right. Why do we think, as adults, that everything we do in God like it? And the big thing is, Kendra, God is calling all of us over to the corner, but we don't want to go. You know how your parents called you over to the corner, and you now calling your kids? And go, Come here. I watch, I watch my oldest son call his daughter over to the corner. I'm like, oh, Lord. I, I worry about Lila sometimes because I didn't go easy on him. I didn't go easy on him. Me and my mom had a big fallout one time. I'm beating them in the basement. I'm lighting them up because I don't play. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to work. I was living with my mom. She come down the steps. We ain't no kill him. I said, go back up the steps. This is my son. Let me deal with my son. Just like that. I would not lie to you. Because I just don't play. 
And so, because I dealt with him like that, I worry about how he deal with his daughter. It's a good thing she a daughter. Because if she was a boy, oh, Lord. <laughs> I don't know what would happen to Lila if she was a boy. Because the way I dealt with him, my other son, I used to tell him when, I, when stuff was wrong, I would call from work and say, take your clothes off and I'll be home. He used to laugh at him. He would be somewhere in the, in the room naked waiting for me. Of course, sometimes he played me and didn't take his clothes off till when he know I'm almost home, then he take his clothes off. Nevertheless, when I walked in, he was getting lit. Come here. Come on over the corner. And so, them knowing that about me, when I call you over in the corner, you better come over in the corner. Jesus is calling many of us over in the corner to have that discussion, and we don't want to go over in the corner. It's good to go to the corner when Jesus calls you because he's working it out. He's not taking out the belt yet. He's not getting out the whipping stick yet. He's just calling you to the corner to get some things straightened out. Somebody say, guard your heart. Everything concerning your life flows from your heart. Whatever is in your heart comes out in your actions, in your speech. It just comes out and you can't help it. Can I tell you this? Don't be fooled. People... Know who you are, and they just being Christians. See if you catch that. Let me let me just walk that one slowly for you. I can see a mess coming, and I can see a mess operating. Mess meaning a person, but I'm a Christian. What I'm going to do? Ah, uh, you a mess. I'm not messing with you. Some of us do that. That's not being a Christian. The Bible says we must prefer one over the other. And so someone could be a mess and got all kind of stuff going on in their life, but I'm going to try to be a Christian because the Bible says, the goodness of the Lord worketh repentance. You know what that means? When God is trying to help us, he shows us goodness. It's not wrath nor anger when he's trying to help us. When he try, when we're all messed up and he's trying to bring us in, he shows us goodness. And we are so simple sometimes. You know, we say, ooh, okay. We just think it's carte blanche to keep on doing what we've been doing. When all it is is God is hoping, Bob, that we say, man, God is so good to me. Let me be good to him. That, that's really what it's coming down to. God is being good to us so we can say, God, you're good to me. Let me be good to you. But, you know, instead of us doing that, you know what we do? Oh, man, God is so good. I can do whatever I want, and he's okay with it. That's the, that's the route we go. God is so good. I can do whatever I want, and he's cool with it. When all it is is God is trying to get you to say, I, I, I see what you're doing. I'm, I'm a mess, Lord. And you're trying to get me to clean myself up. You're trying to get me to get it right, Lord. So let me get it right instead of acting like how I'm living is acceptable to you. Don't get quiet on me. So, the heart, we know, must be guarded. I'm getting ready to be finished. Listen to this. There are things in your heart right now that you don't even realize is in your heart. There are certain phrases we can say and we can finish it. Uh-huh. There's just things in our heart. That once it came in through the eyes, through the ears, 
whatever way we took it in, it lodges in our heart. And now it stays there. Here is the problem. If your heart, your physical heart, is clogged or diseased, it's not just the heart that is affected. The entire body. So if your heart is not working right in your body physically, your entire body is affected in some way. Yes? We've got some nurses in the house, and those just just know stuff. (laughs) Now, if that's true, physically, what do you think I'm going to say? You all know me by now. It's also true spiritually. (laughs) Our inner man carries the life of the spirit to all areas of our life. If the inner man becomes diseased or clogged up, then the flow of the Holy Ghost is restricted in every area of our life. Physically, if we do not practice good heart care, the arteries, the lungs, the organs, and the extremities, the extremities will all suffer. We need to have good balanced diet. We need to exercise. Mm, you didn't think you were going to hear that in, in, in church this morning. <laughs> the Bible says that bodily exercise profited little. But listen, it profit. So we still need to do bodily exercise. It profit little, but it still profits. We need to do regular checkups with our doctor to make sure our physical body is all good. Spiritually. If we do not practice good heart care, the mind, the soul, and the spirit will all suffer. If we don't practice good spiritual heart care, everything is messed up. And so we think that we're doing okay and we don't realize it's a mess. And then the the Christian people are trying to be nice, to treat you nice, to say, you know I love your sister, you know I love your brother, but you take it as you're okay. Listen, you got to check yourself out. Don't let people, because they're being Christians, make you think you're okay. I don't care how nice you tell me I am. I don't care how good you tell me I am. I still go to the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, what's up with me? Am I, am I okay in this area? Where am I messing up at? Tell me what I need to do, Lord, because I want to make sure my heart is right before you, not before people. And so uh, people might treat you good and people might be good to you because why? They're Christians. They're trying to do right, the right by God. But don't let that mistake you for not going to God and says, Lord, is my heart right? We got to go to God and ask him for a right heart. Listen, when your heart is right, people are going to think people are using you. And we don't like to be used, Brother Donald. We don't like to be used. And let me tell you, I've lived the life. That's why I can speak it and I speak it with passion these days. I've lived the life where people thought I was being used and taken advantage of. And little did they know uh, my heart was just pure concerning the Lord. And so I didn't care how people treated me. I didn't care what people were doing in me, through me, to me, whatever. It didn't matter because my heart was just so fixed on Jesus. And so people thought, man, he's being taken advantage of. 
But when you set your heart on Christ, when your heart is lined up with Jesus, nobody can take advantage of you. When your heart is right with God, nobody can do you in because God has full control of your life when you're totally submitted to Him. When your heart is in His hands, nobody can do anything to you. Do all that you want. Do all that you can. My heart is fixed on Jesus and nothing can stop me. Nobody can destroy me because my heart is fixed on Jesus. And that's probably the hardest thing we deal with because we, we, we think that when our heart becomes pure, people are going to run over us. Go ahead and do your running. Go over and do your running. Can I just throw this in just to throw in sake? If you want that like to get over and you want that like to try to work the angles, who do you think benefit from that? The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. So you think you're using me if I give you something and you're really just, just trying to get over on me? You see how we just distorted when we think the ways of man? Nobody using you. If you're doing it out of the heart of God, out of the love of God, what does it matter? You can't worry about, oh, they're just trying to get over on me. I'm not worried about who getting over on me. I'm just trying to be right with Jesus. I'm just trying to have a pure heart, a clean heart, a heart that is not contaminated. So I'm doing whatever I can to please God. And if it looked like you're getting over, then man, just look like you're getting over. Because that will come to an end at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Your get over thing will come to an end at some point in time. Why are you worrying about people getting over? We worry a lot of time why, well, you know, people are getting this and they're getting, but I care. Who do you think benefit from that? You know, here, listen to this. Sin don't affect God. When you do wrong, God don't get affected by that. So, 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 you know, sometimes we sin and we think that we're, well, you know, oh man, God, he's, uh, he, he's gonna be mad and, uh, listen, you only ruining your stuff when you, you know, you're only taking your stuff. You're only, you're only contaminating your heart when you stay wrong on the wrong side of God. It's really only ruining you. Not God. So, so, here's my point I'm trying to make. When I'm trying to work with somebody and trying to love them and show them goodness and they still trying to get over, they're sinning. Who's, who, who's, who's, who's all right and who's not? You know, if, if I'm trying to work with somebody and I'm trying to, and, and, and they like still working the angles, but I'm trying to show them goodness of the Lord and love them, but they're still angling. Who you think is going to be all right? Not, not them. They're going to wake up one day and realize they're in a bad spot. And they should have took a lot of the, 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 the help that I was trying to extend to them, but, but they were just busy trying to get their own way. And so if we're going to make our heart be right and, and, and pure and clean, that it can affect all parts of our life spiritually, guess what we got to do? We got to pray. Here's the secret. Here's the secret. We do less praying now because we're just more smarter more intelligent, and we have more information available to us. Back in the day, they prayed a lot because they didn't have no information like we got. That don't make it wrong. You follow what I'm saying? 30 years ago, people was, they, they, they had scuffed up knees. They was praying all the time. And they prayed for answers from God because they weren't as smart. They didn't have all of this information at their fingertips like we do. 
And so they seek the face of God for information. They prayed. You know what we do now? Let me go on Google. Or let me study this out. Let me learn the Greek and the Hebrew and try to get the answer. And you get the answer and do nothing with it. All, all we are now is a bunch of bloated people with information. We're just walking around bloated with information and it's doing nothing. While the old timers walked around with power. They walked around and says, stop doing what you're doing. The Lord saw you last night. And they keep moving and you just fall on your face. You're like, she saw me last night. No, she didn't. She was praying last night. We don't see those things working now because all we're going by is information. We're going by our intellect, our intelligence, instead of going before the Lord in prayer. Hmm. If we're going to get that heart right, we got to pray. If we're going to get that heart right, we got to worship. Mm-hmm. Worship is hard to do. You know why it's hard to do? Because worship is worship to God because of who he is. Oh, boy. I just had this conversation with someone. And I'm going to try to be as discreet as I can as I, unve- as I convey this story to you. Because you will, you will see that we got to get it together. Some people can praise God like nobody else's business. But they can't worship. Or they won't worship. You want me to take that deep for you? Praise happens because we either want something or we was given something. You want to check this out for your own. People that praise is praising God because they either want something or they just receive something. This is why some preachers can be false preachers and still keep going. Because you know what they do? They stand before you and says, bless God, if you praise him, he going to make a way. Just praise him. Praise him and he'll make a way. And they tell you all these things because they play off your emotion. Because when, when you praise, that's natural. Because, you know, you're receiving or you're being given something. And so that's natural for a lot of us. Worship, we struggle. Because worship says, I don't want nothing from you, Lord. Bob, worship says, Jesus, you don't have to give me nothing. I don't want nothing. I just know who you are, and I just want you to know how I adore you. Listen, you got some, y'all got children around here, nice, beautiful, handsome looking children, beautiful girls. Y'all know you look at them and say, I just love you. This morning I saw my baby girl, my one and only baby girl. I saw her come down. She always get dressed in the morning, come see me, and she walk around, and she have her pocketbook, and I just, I call, I said, come here, honey. I said, you are so just looks so good. Big girl, look at you. And she gave me the smirk and she keep going. That's me adoring her. I didn't want nothing from her. That's my daughter. I love her to death. It's my one and only daughter. And so when, when I see that, I'm adoring her, Bob, because I'm saying, you're just the best. I didn't want anything from her. That's worship. How many of us worship God? We have a hard time with that. Because we are... We are always kind of on the side of what you got for me. 
We're always on the side of, gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. We're always on that side. Or we, we, we've been made a promise. Girl, your blessing is on the way. Oh, man. I think back sometimes when I was an idiot and people would say that kind of stuff. Preachers say, go ahead, praise him. Your blessing on the way. I'm not saying that your blessing can't be on the way and you need to praise him. I'm just saying I've, I've learned a lot about the Lord and I know the Lord. God loves me. God loves you. He's going to take care of you if you just walk in his purpose and in his will. Just, 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 just walk in his purpose. He's going to take care of you. I don't have to do some extra stuff. I don't have to do all of that for him. To, he loves me. I'm his child. He loves you. You're his child. What do you got to do some extra stuff for? Just be obedient. Walk in his purpose. You ain't got to do all that extra stuff. Praise him and you'll get a house. Uh, I'm finishing here. Mark 7, verse 21. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Things are in you that you can't believe it. I go down to the jail sometimes and sometimes I say to myself, how did this guy kill anybody? Because I'm ministering to somebody that committed murder and I'm like, how did this guy kill anybody? Every day this guy come in when I go to teach, he come in, hey, Pastor Wayne, I love you, man, how are you? And he shake my hand and all this stuff. And I'm like, how does this dude kill anybody? And that's when the Lord lets you know, it's all in here, baby. You can do it too. Oh, Pastor, no, I can't do it. Okay, okay. We just read it. It says out of the heart. It just told you all the stuff that flows out of the heart. You just was never put into the situation where you had to do it. But it said out of the heart, all that stuff happened. And so the only way we can prevent those things from happening is to guard our heart to make sure those things don't get in and those things don't overpower us. I'm finished. Look at me. Last scripture. Now that we understand, above all else, guard your heart. What must we do to get our heart clean right now? What should we do to get our hearts clean right now? And I will tell you in Acts, this is the word of the Lord here. I asked the Lord the question, and this was the scripture that I received. Acts chapter 15. Verse number 8 says, And God... Which knoweth the hearts. S on the end. Know what it means? God knows all of our hearts. It doesn't matter who you are. Isn't that amazing? Just all of us being here right now, God knows exactly what is in you. He is so ridiculous that he knows every thought that is in your mind. He is so ridiculous that he knows every strand of hair on your head. By number. He is out of control. 
he is. My goodness. So these are some things we got to take into consideration as we move forward, that God knows all of these things. So if God knows the heart and bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. I'm getting ready to make that make sense to you because you probably don't know what's going on there. And put no difference between us and them. Purifying their hearts by faith. Let me help you and tell you what's going on right there as we bring this thing to a close. So, the Jews first received the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so they received the Holy Ghost. They spoke with tongues. And so, for some reason, they thought they were the chosen one. We got this. We got the Holy Ghost. And so they, you know, walking with the, you know, they got the Holy Ghost. Nobody else does. So that's how they're living. And so God says, oh, really? It doesn't mean because you received it first, you were the only one that was supposed to get it. It just means somebody got to be first. Don't get it twisted. Somebody just got to be first. And so they were first, right? And so the Gentiles received the Holy Ghost. But here is the problem now. The Jews looked on Gentiles, meaning everybody that wasn't a Jew, as unclean. If you're not a Jew, you're unclean. Only clean people are Jews. And so that's how they had looked at everybody at that time. So we know something unclean, those that are clean, is not supposed to touch. So this thing right here that we just read, what happened was a Gentile man named Cornelius loved the Lord. It was his turn for him and his family to receive the Holy Ghost. And God sent for Peter. They prayed in the spirit. God sent Peter to this man's house named Cornelius. Cornelius is a Gentile. Peter had no business at Cornelius' house because Peter is a Jew. Jews and Gentiles don't mix. They're dirty. Everybody else dirty. We clean. But when God said, you better go, you better go. So Peter went. Now he's at Cornelius' house. So Peter explained to them that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. The Holy Ghost fell. They received the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues. The Jews that came with Peter, Peter and his boys, Jews. Let me just do our modern day. Oh, snap. They talking in tongues like we spoke in tongues on the day of Pentecost. What in the world? I thought we were the only one that can get this thing. God messed up their whole game. Because as soon as you think you got a monopoly on God, he will make you look foolish. Nobody have a monopoly on God. God love everybody because we're all his creation. And as soon as you start thinking you got an angle that somebody else don't, you're in trouble because that's not God. And so they receive the Holy Ghost now. And oh my goodness, they speaking with tongues like the Jews spoke in tongues. So now the question is, how can something unclean receive something that's clean? That's where they were stuck at because the bottom line is they're unclean and the Holy Spirit is clean. So why would the Holy Spirit go into something unclean? Well, that's easy. Whatever you touch or whatever you get involved with that's unclean, it makes you unclean. But you ain't God. Whatever God touch, whatever God get involved with, no matter how dirty it is, he makes it clean. 
That's something that we have to understand. When God steps in the picture, no matter how messed up it was, it now becomes right. No matter how dirty it was, it now becomes clean. And so when the Holy Ghost filled the hearts of those Gentiles, no matter what anybody thought about them, they now became clean. And so that's what Peter was trying to explain to his other brethren. Like, yo, man, I know we thought it was just for us. But I was the one that was there that preached to them. To them. And I preached to them, man. And they received the Holy Ghost. I mean, we even saw them talk with tongues like we did. I heard them and I watched their mouth. They were just blah, 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 like we. The wonderful work of God. And so God took me to that scripture to get me to understand how you get your heart clean. You get your heart clean by having faith in God and his spirit will cleanse you. His spirit, that that Holy Ghost is like fire. Hmm. Fire that will burn every chaff up. Fire that will burn off all the impurities. You you heard about gold when we read in Peter, we talk about the gold. When the fire, when the gold is, it it has to be cleansed, it's placed in the fire. And the fire purges the gold and make it clean. Well, fire is a cleanser. Fire purifies. Fire burn up everything that is not right. And so if we're going to ask for God to cleanse us and to make our heart pure, you know what we're saying? God, will you clean this heart up? God, will you make this heart uncontaminated? And God is saying, I do that by touching you. The only way I can touch you right now, because I'm sitting in heaven on my throne. So I can't physically touch you. I can't reach my hand down and touch you because I'm in heaven. My hands are in heaven. My feet are in heaven. But my spirit is roaming the earth. My spirit filled the whole earth. And if you will seek me, I will come by my spirit and I will cleanse and I will purge and I will make clean every person that will ask of me. And so today, church, I submit to you that if you are contaminated in your heart if your heart is defiled if your heart is unclean if you will go to God today the Holy Ghost is ready to wash you and to cleanse you and to purge you and to make you clean oh yeah I know some of us are saying I've got the Holy Ghost preacher yeah I spoke in tongues but let me tell you if you have touched and got into situation that make you unclean you're going to have to go to the world one more time you're going to have to go to the cross one more time and say, Jesus, I've touched the unclean thing. Jesus, I've done the ungodly thing. Jesus, I've gotten contaminated by unclean things. And so now I come before you in the name of Jesus to ask that you will cleanse me, that you will purge me, and that you will make me clean. Somebody, if you want to be clean in this house, all you got to do is go before the Lord. If you want to be cleansed and washed. All you got to do is go before the Lord. Jesus is in this house this morning and he wants to make you clean. We have to guard our heart. Fort Knox don't have anything on your heart. Stand with me. Can you imagine one of the beauties that I, that I pay attention to in this day and age is how we do things and how God do things. I take great just just look into those things all the time. I watch. That's what I do all the time now. Just watch 
what we take pride in, what we take pleasure in, and what God says. I said, this is just something. And, and, and I'm looking at it. And Fort Knox, man, got his own water system. All this money put into securing gold. And God says, that's nothing. That's nothing. We take each other's life in our society these days and treat each other uh, however we want. And we don't know you are the most precious thing in this earth. As a matter of fact, tell somebody you're the most precious thing in this earth. That's how we, that's how we got to deal with one another. We got to treat each other like that. That you are the most precious thing in this earth. Not Fort Knox. Not the wells and fountains. Not all the money in the banks. Not all the treasures that we think are around. A, a life, a, a soul is the most precious thing in this world. It's nothing else. We gotta guard this thing more than we guard anything else because one day I expect to meet Jesus face to face. One day I expect to stand in his presence in heaven. One day I expect to stand before him and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I expect that. I expect that. You need to expect that. Somebody tell your neighbor, I expect that. We do, we got to expect that. And so if you expect that, then you got to realize now, I got to take care of this thing right here. I got to take care of this thing right here. What you watch, the places you go, we don't realize a lot of times. You think it's it's a coincidence why commercials keep repeating itself? No, it's no coincidence. It's it's coming on all the time that when you begin to walk by the store, you automatically just waltz right in that store. You're wondering, what am I doing in this store? Because the commercial came on so often that it just became a part of you. Why am I drinking Miller Lite? Why am I drinking Amstel Lite? They tell me Amstel Lite have the lowest calorie in all the beers. Why am I drinking Amstel Lite? Because you saw the Amstel Lite commercial all the time. Why am I drinking Stella Door? Because I see the nice glass that come in and how they pour it from the tap. That's what I'm drinking. They do it so much. Uh, listen, man. Y'all smiling? Y'all can come to my school one day. I'm the world buster. Call me world buster, brother Bob. I, I say it all the time. I live this world better than anybody can imagine. I was the king of the world. And I don't mean that in the way y'all think. I mean, when it came on the worldliness and thinking that you, you know, you had a great position in the world as far as how you lived your life and how you did things, you can't touch me. Mm -mm. I'll put my resume up against anybody. I will. I, I, wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even recommend you try to touch me. Because I have a lot of background in worldliness. I know all the stuff. I watch people now. Arabia, I watch them now. You know what's the big thing? Wine. Black people never used to drink wine. Now all of a sudden they wine connoisseurs. Man, y'all don't want me to talk, man. I, I, I say so much less than what I have. <laughs> y'all don't want to know. They have no idea. All of a sudden I hear them talking. How they know this and how they know that. I school them every day. And I only bring that up just to say this. If I left that and came to this, you might as well follow suit, baby. Because I, I know that thing better than anybody else know that thing. 
The other day I walked by a conversation in my own house. I ain't going to call no names. In my own house, they planning their New Year's Eve bash. Then, then I heard what they're doing. I said, I was doing that in the 80s. This is how much I'm living for God. I'm just like, I thank God. Because what they planned, they think they had it together. Miss Hilton, they thought they had it all planned out and how they was going to do it. And then I said, what y'all doing? They tell me. I said, yo, I was doing that in the 80s. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to tell you, get your heart clean. Clean that heart out. Let God clean it out and then begin to guard it. it, it it's, it's so much work that when you allow stuff to get in and now you come to church and how often you go to church and you hear the preacher say something that you said, that's right, that's right. But somehow you can't find the, the strength and the, the, the fortitude to say, let me do it. But you know you're supposed to. It's your heart's been contaminated. And it's affecting all the areas of your life. And as much as you're trying to do right, uh, what Paul says, and even when I seem to do right, evil is present. That's called oh, a, con- a contaminated heart. Because it contaminated every place else in your life and you're trying to do right. But the contamination just come right on out. Ooze right on out. But God says, if you will come to me, I will clean it up. When King David repented of his sin in Psalm 51, verse number 10, when he said, create me a clean heart, you notice he says, renew a right spirit. David didn't even know about the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost never fell until in the book of Acts. So David didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost. But what he knew was only the Spirit of God, even then, only the Spirit of God can clean me up. Nothing else can clean me up. I am such a mess right now. Only the Spirit of the Lord can clean me up. And man, as quick as we can just admit and embrace that we are just such a mess. We're, we, today we have on our nice clothes. We look good. And so we're like the sepulcher, the white sepulcher that looks so beautiful when people drive by. We look trash and ready. And then now all of a sudden they take a peek and they're like, whoa, dead man's bones. But we got to be honest with ourselves. And if we can do that with ourselves, then God will clean us up. And now we would get stronger protection than Fort Knox before our heart and live this life that God wants us to live. If you are not saved, I just preach to you today. Hopefully you will get saved. If you're saved, hopefully you'll put into practice what I just preached to you, that you will stay saved. Why don't you pray with me tonight, this, this moment here, and ask God to clean you up. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for the word of truth. We thank you, Lord God, for speaking to our hearts. You love us so that, Lord God, you will not leave us in the state that you find us in. It is your desire. It is your great pleasure, Lord God, to clean us up, Lord God, to, to, to uncontaminate this filthy heart, Lord God. That, Lord Jesus, the word of God will be meaningful to us. That the word of God will be imparted into our heart. 
that we will become doers of the Word of God and not just hear it, Lord God. I pray today that every person under the sound of my voice will respond. Will my God do some heart searching today and be honest with themselves to say, Jesus, here I am, Lord. Will you cleanse me? Here I am, Lord. Will you purge me? Here I am, Lord. Will you wash me and make me new? Here I am, Lord. Will you help me that I may not remain in the state in which I am in? Lord, I confess to you that my heart is contaminated. I confess to you uh, that my heart is not clean. It's clogged. But Lord, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ that today, Lord God, you will cleanse me. You will unclog my heart, Lord God, that the Holy Ghost will flow in my life. That the Holy Ghost will flow in me, Lord God. Today, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will have your way. That no person in this place, Lord God, will allow the enemy, Lord God, to make them feel like, Lord, they can't make it and they can't be cleansed and they can't be free. Oh, God, I pray that, Lord, you will touch each and every one of us, Lord God. And, Lord, you will cleanse us and make us whole. That you will wash us, Lord God, and cleanse us in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, that today somebody will walk out of here change. I thank you, Lord God, for the people of God that you today Lord God has gathered together under the banner of Jesus Christ. Now Lord I pray the supernatural power of God will move them. The supernatural power of God will begin to oh God transform and make and shape and mold them Lord God. In the name of Jesus Christ today Lord have your way. Have your way Lord God. Will you pour out of your spirit today upon all flesh Lord God that we will not leave this place the same way, but that change, that deliverance, that salvation, Lord God, will come to the heart and the mind of the people, Lord God. Somebody cry out to the Lord today. There's nothing too dirty, oh, that God can't make worthy. There is nothing that is unclean that God can't make clean. God can cleanse us. God can clean us up. I will not allow the adversary, the devil, to make me feel condemnation uh, that God can't cleanse me that God can't change me I stand on the word of God uh, that he can make me clean uh, that he can make me whole uh, that he can wash me and cleanse me uh, somebody need to stand on God's word today uh, to say God I know you can cleanse me I know you can wash me and I know you can make me whole uh, somebody look to the Lord today uh, just lift your hands uh, and just say God uh, will you cleanse me lift your hands to the heavens and say, God, will you cleanse me? Will you purge me? Even the things that I don't know that is in me, will you, oh God, remove it from out of me? Lord, will you remove the things that are in me that defiles me? Will you remove them, Lord God? Will you make me whole? Will you make me clean? Will you purge me, almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ? Lord, I want to be your instrument, your conduit, Lord. I want to be your hands and your feet. I want to be able Lord God to live a life that is right and pleasing before you. Jesus I love you Jesus I adore you Jesus I 
give you honor. For there is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Will somebody clap their hands today and thank the Lord for cleansing you. Thank the Lord for washing you. Thank the Lord for creating you a 